0: Hello welcome to that ThatFilmStew, I'm Luke and I'm Jason. In this episode we've got another movie review and this time we're looking at The Northman. Directed by Robert Eggers, The Northman is the epic historical action drama film based on The Legend of Amleth. The movie is in cinemas now, but if you haven't seen The Northman yet and you want to go watch it first before listening to our review, we will be talking spoilers. We were given the privilege of attending an early screening of the Northmen thanks to Universal Pictures. Jason, you have the plot. Prince Amleth is on the verge of becoming a man when his father, played by Ethan Hawke, is brutally murdered by his uncle, played by Class Bang, who kidnaps the boy's mother, played by Nicole Kidman. Two decades later, Amleth, now played by Alexander Skarsgård, is now a Viking who's on a mission to save his mother kill his uncle and avenge his father very very epic before we get to the movie i think we should start with the director robert eggers because he's definitely making a bit of a name for himself isn't he now i have seen the witch and i know you have as well but have you seen the lighthouse (laughs) no no and then this this pains me because you know it was it last year you know the the whole buzz the lighthouse was a big thing and it was like yeah check this out very unique never got round to it never got round to it um but want to at some point i will and after yeah i haven't either Uh, after seeing this movie i definitely do want to see the lighthouse because this is his third movie isn't it pretty sure he started with the witch yeah and i'm not sure how you felt about the witch for like I remember people were people were going nuts about it. They were raving it. Like it was it was one of the greatest horrors of our time. I watched it. I could appreciate a lot of the artistic integrity of the film. And I just felt after you know walking out of that movie, I was like, I just wasn't really into it. I just was not entertained. I'm worried we might be the worst people reviewing this film. I'm not, I'm not sure. No, no, no I, I don't think so. <laughs> I was going to ask, did you see The Witch at the cinema? And you've just you've answered that already. There you go. You watched the screening. Did you like The Witch? I did. I've got to be honest. I didn't watch it at the cinema. I watched it as a new release at home. And I thought it was fine. Like you know, I liked it. And what I remember liking about it is that it wasn't like everything else yeah and Mm -hmm. that's and after watching the northman which again you can say it's not like everything else and by everything else with the northman you've got to go to things like gladiator braveheart maybe people are thinking that's what this is going to be it certainly isn't and it's the director and what he's bringing to it like he did with the witch and I've heard is brought to the lighthouse is not doing what everyone else is doing. There's some very unique ways of like uh, both how the, the film's shot, um, you know, th- th- there's sequences that I was like, wow, like look at this, this craft look and, and amazing, amazing, wonderful stuff, which is glorious. This man knows what he's doing. Like this is a fine director. I mean, These films that he is making, you know, obviously, like, with an artistic flair, you've got to have that appreciation to take these films in, maybe for the average joe. I mean, again, we're talking the film... I'm referring to The Witch, and even though I haven't seen it yet, but I know The Lighthouse is a very unique film in itself. might not be everyone's cup of tea. This film probably is more accessible... But even saying that, we're still talking about something that is quite unique. You know, I mean, you, you reference films like Gladiator and Braveheart. You know, those kind of you know swords and sandals kind of uh, you know type films. This has that, but then there is still that very artistic, some creative choices. There's moments in this film where it's like it's just in black and white. Just for, I was trying to work out what's the significance of these individual shots. I couldn't really work that out, but there were moments where he's just made that choice to have them filmed in that in that color, in that tone. And I was like, okay. Adds to the adds to the feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely adds a distinction when he needs that distinction made. But I do think depending on what trailer TV spot you've seen for this, you may be going in thinking it's going to be Gladiator. They can cut a trailer together to look like that. I mean, there is action in this movie, mainly at the beginning of the movie, and of course, you know, a bit throughout, and then you get your big fight at the end. But they can cut that in a trailer to make it look more like a Braveheart or a Gladiator. Oh, definitely. like like 100%. And I think there's still... I feel like people going into this film expecting that they might not necessarily be disappointed because I feel like there is still enough action in there in this to make you sort of be like wow, cool, I got my I got my taste of it. Awesome. So I feel like they're not going to be like, "Oh, that was a bit of a misleading kind of uh, you know, uh, you know, misleading trailer or anything like that." However, there is a lot more happening. At times the movie can feel like it is sort of dragging a little bit there's a lot of quiet time there's a lot of sort of just sort of things happening and the story's progressing but it's not necessarily action-packed throughout so even though yeah we do get some kick-ass sort of um you know fights and lots of death and we'll get to all of that in a sec but um yeah there's there's other things going on the drama the drama of it all well, the talking and the plotting. There's the a lot of that going like on. Like literally, well. plot, literal plotting, <laughs> strategies. That's what he's got. He has got strategies, and he's not just going to rush headstrong into battle. He's got a plan. He wants, he wants revenge. And of course, I'm talking about Alexander Skarsgård as Amleth. He's the He's the main guy. And we sat there, you know, we've said, we went to an advanced screening, and <laughs> you've got the big poster, and you've just got his abs. And then I like, oh, okay, cool. So this is what the movie's going to be. It's going to be Alexander Skarsgård with his top off. You have, the, you have the fights at the beginning. He cuts his hair and he gets dressed. thought, like, oh, all right. <laughs> poster was a bit misleading. It's not that uh, I watched it for, I mean, but I thought, you know, <laughs> that's what we were going to get. I mean, granted, he undresses towards the end. But for the most part, he's a clothed man in this movie. Don't <laughs> believe the posters. <laughs> That's right. And, and what did I say to you whilst we were sitting? there? I was like, my I'm I'm staring at his abs for for too long. Like I I don't know. I keep gravitating towards them. Like they were <laughs> they were full. On. But to be fair, when he is shirtless in this movie, I mean, of course, he's a he's a ripped dude. Like he's you know he's a he's a stature." I don't remember he his, like his abs definitely were not as prominent in the film watching it as it was on, on that like poster you know image thing that we that we were presented with. Movie I, poster magic. That's it. That's it. But look again, like but he's in is in he's in great shape. I've got to be honest. I was thinking because there's Viking TV shows. Well, there's one called Vikings, there's so many Viking movies and TV shows. I've got to be honest, I don't watch them. And when thinking Vikings, my knowledge of Vikings comes from Marvel Comics. I'm talking Thor. That is where my knowledge comes from. And the opening with Skarsgård in this movie, I'm thinking, do you know what? I think he could kick Thor's ass. <laughs> I mean, he's going full savage. And I was honestly thinking, like, what's going to be our in with this character? Because, you know, we see him... And the movie opens with him as a boy, He's his dad, Ethan Hawke. And I said to you before the movie started, oh, Ethan Hawke, is having a bit of a moment, isn't he? He's, you know, he's coming back, not for long in this movie. But then we get grown-up Skarsgård, and yeah, he's pure savage. And it's not until he cuts his hair and is meeting up with Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Olga, that we really get him having a conversation and you start to get in to the character other than the initial introduction with him as a boy but him on the battlefield savage well, gory anim- brutal anim- animalistic i mean uh, like yeah literally there's there's, there's like there's a the, wolf yeah there's the dog type kind of beast like the growling and the, almost controlling the animals like the other the other feral dogs and at the same time like it's it's insane it's insane and and you're right like later on when you do get him you know like he's he's talking about like feeling love for the first time ever and you know like hey you know like there's a there's a love scene in this and they're um you know they're getting that done there's you know there's there's dialogue between him and you know his estranged mother if i guess we refer to her as that estranged there's and there's the drama in this is real and through this character he really is an act like he, he's a fleshed out character like from, from half the movie where we just see him as this beast to suddenly it's like and I'm not saying this in a, in a like it's a very jarring out of nowhere kind of thing it's it's just it is a sudden shift where it's like no he is a real person and he has grown into a man that you know has has feelings and emotions and thoughts and yeah, and it, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, and it, it's it's odd because like you find yourself like eh, tell me if you disagree with this like did you find yourself almost thinking like am I meant to be rooting for this guy or like is he in the wrong in some way because I mean we do when we do see him first as an adult man it's it's like okay he's very violent he's with you know a group of people that are basically killing and pillaging women children I was like is he is he the bad guy is he conflicted what's what's happening here and then we get into yeah, all I mean, the drama yeah. with the with the uncle and what eventually you find out about the mother and the other you know these brothers that he now sort of has you know it's sort of like well is he does he has the does he is his vengeance story is this all wrong like is he <laughs> coming at it at the you know it's conflicting yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But with his character, what I thought was going to happen is that he was too far gone, and somehow he would have to find himself again. Do you know what I mean? Like he's gone full savage in the opening. Mm. And I thought something would need to happen. Like well, maybe I guess- it was to do with with uh, with Olga, or maybe because when the village is getting burned down and kids are being taken, he's kind of He's looking on, but he's you know he's kind of like looking. With intent about what's happening. I thought maybe there's gonna be a moment there where he's gonna stop being the man that he has been to get back his birthright. Nothing like that that happened. There was no real turning point that involved him standing up and protecting somebody, but he did see an opportunity, and that's when he's with Olga on the boat and he's just gonna go and right the wrongs of his past. Mm. Yeah, it is I've sort of to be honest. Yeah. It is sort of like happenstance, like, but it's almost convenient that it's like, and I guess they address this in the movie, it's sort of almost like his destiny, his fate to, you know, he was brought there to, you know, to, to Iceland, to, is it not Iceland where they end up, like, coming face to face with his uncle, you know, the killer of his his father's killer these stories often are happenstance. Like things happen because they need to happen. Mm. Like there's a story to be told, so they can seem coincidental, but it's just how these stories often come together. Because it is pretty straightforward, and he does easily get from A to B. Like there's no real struggle in finding where he needs to go. Yeah, but a lot of it, like a lot of what I guess... Uh, they're using to justify the story sort of unfolding uh, that way is the mythology and I guess like the supernatural side of I mean you already mentioned you know sort of like the the you know like the the Norse mythology stuff you know like Thor Odin all that kind of stuff I mean opening scene we're, we're talking Odin we're talking Valhalla talking the gates of hell all this kind of stuff and then throughout this film it's like we're getting a little bit more and more of like not so much the characters talking about like that as, you know, like a belief system or like their faith, it's, it, it does actually come into play. There is a supernatural element to the events that are unfolding. And you see that, you know, like through the, through the Ravens and, then yeah, just no, just very like spiritual thing. And then, yeah, it's all, all sorts happening. Dreams, premonitions, like just. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, the question could be, but is that really happening or is that just drug induced? <laughs> Drug induced, or just, I'm By dying opening, now, and I'm having thoughts. <laughs> the opening when he's a boy and he's with his dad and in the cave and they're seeing what they're seeing. Are they? Is it really supernatural? Or you know, it's it's never quite clarified, and I think it's better for that. What just, they see to them yeah. is really happening. That I mean, you you, you make a good point because I mean, when I was watching the movie, I was I was thinking, I was like, maybe this would work better if it was just without the, without the myth and the magic and the, you know, all the fun times, or if it was just a straightforward, like this is potentially something that really happened, but then there is all like the mystical stuff. And I was like, "Mm, how do I feel about it? But you make a good point. And I feel like now I'm tiptoeing back and I'm like, it can be interpreted as hallucinations or dream sequences, or yeah, I'm dying. This is what I'm seeing it's all you know a a magical wonderful illusion type thing like i kind of like that more that's kind of brought me brought me over so i appreciate that yeah that's that's how i interpreted it like it's yeah it's not necessarily supernatural yeah but speaking of elements is more of an action film but it's based on mythology and yeah yeah for sure and like you know you mentioned like the the scene where you know him and him and his dad are like you know they're they having that that weird I don't even know what they were doing <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't know what's going on but um, Willem Dafoe like blinking you miss him almost like if you if you weren't if you don't recognise his voice and his Do you know his facial expressions I I strongly believe that Willem Dafoe is currently living his best life <laughs> he's just having the time of his life. The roles that he's done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, he's worked with, you know, Robert Eggers previously in The Lighthouse. The, light, the Lighthouse, of course, yeah. He's just, he's popping up more and more. He's just come back for Spider-Man No Way Home. So, you know, that movie made records. And, yeah, the guy's clearly having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, him as the, as the fool or the jester, whatever you want to describe him as, and then, then, the guy down in like the weird dungeon thing conducting the little ceremony hallucination <laughs> trip fest that they went on like who is this man <laughs> like ah oh, just good addition and i'm glad um obviously him and and eggers have i guess this relationship that they he's going to bring him back for a, for another movie he it, this director does seem like someone who wants to reuse their cast I and mean, of course Anya Taylor-Joy which I'm surprised we haven't actually talked about more yet. But, um, yeah, obviously she was in The Witch, was she not? Well, she what? was the witch. She was the witch, right? Yeah. She's, You're she... right, though. Eggers does like to work with the same cast again. I think they've put it on hold for now, but his next film was said to be a remake of Nosferatu, And it's, it's pretty much bringing everyone back that he's worked with but Ooh. now maybe that one is temporarily on hold, but he definitely likes to work with the same people again. I'm all for it. Look, the, the cast in this film is is pretty great. Um, now, of course, yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy, I think she's she, she's a superstar in her own thing. I mean, the last thing I watched her in was uh, like uh, last night in Soho and one half of a, a dynamic duo of... um. Of female actors. Like she is she is up and coming in if if not already. Like she is doing she's here. fantastic. She's, she's here. Think, she's arrived, right? She's here. She yeah. has arrived. She's I will no give longer, her that crap. She's no longer up and coming. Up and coming actress, Andrea Taylor Joy. She's here. <laughs> I feel like I think what's ruining it is, is I think we had a stumble with um the new mutants. But to be fair, you know what? that was filmed like think 14 that. years ago. So yeah. <laughs> I was because I was thinking about her because, yeah, she's made a lot of good films. That one, not so much, but every actor's got at least one of them. It's part of the process, isn't it? Yeah. I've They're not all going to be hits or... Great movies, but you're right. That movie was made a very long time ago. We only got it, was it last year or the year before? I cannot remember. I feel like it was last year. eh? Like I think so. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's 2020. Who knows? Who cares? (laughs) But Anya Taylor Joy, I agree, she is excellent. I've not yet seen Last Night in Soho. I really, really want to. I've not got around to it yet. But she's excellent. She's a really good actress and you know what she's so interesting to look at she's got such a distinctive look it like she does just pulls you in. yeah like it's almost hypnotic It's just like yeah you're so unique looking like you, it, it, that's the true magic never never mind all this North mythology it's 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 Anya Taylor-Joy like what a what a joy to to sort of witness on the on the big screen which is awesome. so like their relationship like her and um her and amleth like again it does sort of just happen and you're not quite sure at first if it is a romantic thing and then suddenly it is and you know it does seem like there is a bit of an age difference between them but then i guess it maybe there isn't i don't really know maybe she's playing older or maybe that's just the times (laughs) it's just the time but it works yeah you go into it and then by the end of the movie it's like you know the sort of the the sacrifice that sort of takes place, and the you know the setup. I, you know, I was getting—I gotta say—I was literally getting Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith vibes. There's, you know, there's a there's a pregnant woman, there's a love, there's twins on the way, there's a fight with you know lava and volcanic stuff <laughs> happening around. Him. I swear to God, oh, man! Wow. Star Wars <laughs> Episode Three. Our myth is Anakin Skywalker.
1: I mean, Not really, honestly, but I mean, there I, is, there's
0: stuff there. I, <laughs> I didn't make that connection, but well played. <laughs> you joined the dots. <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all there, but very loose. Very loose dots. I mean, hey, you ticked a lot of boxes there with the comparisons <laughs> to episode three. You mentioned before Nicole Kidman, she's in this as his mother, I've got to be honest I did feel she was a bit of a wrong one. I yeah. thought there was going to be it was going to be revealed that she's where she wanted to be and he was going to find out but it, it still works still works well That like when you get that reveal and his whole life's been a betrayal really well he wants to do two things avenge his father and rescue his mother he still got to avenge his father but he killed his mom <laughs> like he I didn't. mean it didn't end, end in, well for her. But in a way, did he save her from being a twit <laughs> <laughs> of a slave? Like she was a slave when his dad found her and then his uncle was with her. She was branded, yeah. just like he branded himself. But, I, I mean, we sat together in the screening and there was a faint noise, wasn't there, when she kissed him. Yeah, we like know it's, it's acting, but it's horrible. <laughs> like it really. Like as soon as it happened, like there was a noise in the cinema. Because it's just, it's just a bit icky. And like you, you know, you get it. Yeah, we're talking when you're talking any sort of mythology type thing, whether it's Norse or or Greek mythology or something like that. It's you know, you you've always got like the incestual aspect of of certain bits and pieces here and there. You know. It is what it is. It is fine. I mean, it, this didn't progress to <laughs> anything, thank God, but it, it, it was starting and it was weird. And I guess it was it was her sort of to get his guard down right. so she could attack yes. him, I guess. It was a ploy. It That's wasn't ploy like she was, was actually yeah. trying to seduce him. It's so like, I guess. No, like she was. Her, yeah, it yeah, was. I mean, yeah. it, Manipulation. She that, did it first with his uncle to take down his father and she was looking to do it again like you say for him to let his guard down and just to throw him off get inside his head i mean look as uncomfortable as that moment was it probably wasn't the worst thing in the movie i found myself not like tremendously but there were moments in the movie where i was like oh man i'm kind of uncomfortable i mean this is not a i'll put it out there like this is not a pleasant cheerful. Movie filled with jokes and you know like moments of humor. There's literally none of it. I mean, I think the funniest thing probably is Willem Dafoe. But even though it's not <laughs> even really that funny. It's yeah. it's just a wacky kind of well, he's the fool, well, fool isn't he? he was doing, well, there's silly jokes. Yeah, <laughs> but there's yelling. There's yelling in his scenes because someone's yelling at him. It's like, oh, well, he's trying to. Someone's trying to kill him. Um, but it's like what I was saying before. It's refreshing, isn't it? I mean, mm. we are both fans of you know these big studio movies where, to be honest, they get a, a bit samey. You know, they're a bit similar. Yeah. Every so character's it, it got quips. There's there's yeah, <laughs> goofiness to them, You know, yeah. So I found it. I find it refreshing watching something like this. You know, as well as this coming out at the cinema, there's the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nicolas Cage, which is great. Also. It's really good at the moment, because just around the corner, we've got the next MCU movie, Doctor Strange, in the Multiverse of Madness, and then there's all the other movies like Jurassic World that are coming. So it's just good. Right now, we've got films like The Northman, Massive Talent, whereas it's not the norm. We're getting something a little bit different. And that is what I appreciated most about this. I've got to be honest. I didn't walk out of this movie thinking oh, I want to see that again. Yeah. Not as a, not as like a negative <laughs> to the movie, but I enjoyed the experience of watching it, but it's not a repeat viewing movie. And, and I that's think okay. that's okay. Yeah. That, that is, is a movie completely, has to be, you know, as a completely fair statement. Like it's sort of like when I walked out of like, what, which Rambo was it? Probably one of the newer ones, maybe not the newest one. That was before Last that. one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. the one before that was the uh, best for me. Rambo. Yeah, but, but that, that was sort was of like all the the killing, the, all the kids dying. Oh, oh, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, another part. I mean, hey, hey, <laughs> but it's not exactly you know like you walk out of the movie and like man, I can't watch for that again. It was like man, what an experience because I mean, this is this movie is violent. There's you know like like I said, there's killing, there's pillaging, there's there's women and children dying. See again more. And he can skywalker moments like he killed the women and the children um but it's, when he when he's him doing the killing though he, got, he gets weird with it doesn't he like the the <laughs> like he's what is it his half brother or he's, yeah his half brother and he strings up his friends to like the outside of the barn and and make it's almost like he's placed him in the shape of an animal well when he was like doing he all that them, that was that was to to correct like to torment his uncle, to create uh, like a sense of like there's something supernatural and misty, like m- mystical going on, like like the spirits are angry or something like that kind of thing. So, oh, was a- I got I got the reasoning. I knew why he was doing it, but at the same time, that was worse than just sticking a sword <laughs> through somebody. He's That's like, it. wow, he's really getting into it, and he he actually, actually he does rescue. The young girl that was being put up as a sacrifice, he frees her and he, and he puts somebody else <laughs> in her place. So, I'm thinking, you know, so this is not a movie where he's like massively heroic and you know, his, his young half brother he saves him from the, the game they were playing so he doesn't get his skull bashed in. But there is moments <laughs> and then he kills it like, later on. I mean, yeah, eventually, eventually, <laughs> yeah, eventually. but join the game re- though, there's redeeming qualities. Him, And he headbutts somebody to death. You know, I was going to say it before when talking about Skarsgård, I definitely do think this is one of those films where you can't imagine somebody else playing that part because in Skarsgård, what they've got is a really good actor, but also somebody that has the size and presence that you'd need for this character. It's not as if they've had to go to WWE and get a wrestler, (laughs) (laughs) to be in this movie although credit where credit's due obviously is Batista and everybody else but you know what I mean though they've been able to go to a guy of his size and talent and he's fantastic in this yeah yeah that's true and again you know like the I do find myself conflicted with the character because there's moments where it's like like you said he's not heroic but he has these redeeming moments Um, and at the end you know he is making this sacrifice for his family and his, his eventual family And in doing that, he obviously has to kill his other family. Oh, it's all very messy. It's all very, even though straightforward, very messy, very complicated, very... But it's what we're talking about. Like a a fable. it's, It's a modern film, but old storytelling. Yeah. And it's not trying to fit everything into a neat box. Like, we don't need to completely like this guy. You know, he's got his flaws. He's got his agenda, and he's going to stop at any cost or oh, he's not going to stop at any cost, should I say, but he's hes just a force moving forward for the whole movie. And yes, we might not like everything that he's doing, but ultimately it's his film and he gets revenge. And we should really, we should talk about his uncle, played by Klaus Bang. What a name. What an incredible name. And that's the actor, not the character. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you mean Fiona? Like... <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. but he's, but the actor's name—I first heard of him. He played Dracula in a recent BBC production from the creators of Sherlock. He was great. In think- that. He was really good in that. Well, maybe um, he could play. Is he playing Nosferatu eventually? When? <laughs> well, you know what? Probably. <laughs> but he is really good in this. Like from the opening, and then the age him up, put a bit of grey in his hair, and. He's fantastic. He is, I mean, he's he, he does have that, you know, there's that almost regal presence even though when we do really interact with this character, you know, he's he's not in a position of actual regal power even though he's still in charge of everything that's going on in this like sort of encampment, whatever. So he's a isn't he? Yeah, he's his father He's a father but he's in charge. He still still has his men, but he's not. Think he a king of such, but still, it's like he has this presence about him, charismatic. But you still kind of want to punch him in the face because you're like, yeah, there's something off about you that I don't like. And obviously, all the backstory with the we need the revenge. We must revenge the father. But then the film ends in. Tragedy. Olga gets away pregnant with the twins and he goes back. And that's when you get your big episode three moment. And <laughs> fights <laughs> to the death, cuts off his, because it happens so quickly, cuts off his uncle's head. And I didn't even see at first that he had a big sword through his chest. No, like, I, don't, I don't think you do see it. I think it is, it's, oh, it's meant just to be a to reveal. Yeah, I think it's meant to be a review after that. It's like, oh, he's also been stabbed. Damn. And he and he dies the way that his dad said he wanted to die with a blade. Yeah. His His battle returned. His stomach was cut open. He was holding himself together. And it was ultimately arrows for him, but he he wanted he wanted a blade. And that's and that's how Amleth gets taken out. When Olga is on the boat. And this is going back to Eggers, like casting people who's worked with previously. Did you recognise Anya Taylor-Joy's dad from The Witch was the guy with the deep, booming voice on the boat? I, I, I can't say I did. I can't say I did. He's done a lot of stuff, but where it <laughs> started for me is best known for the recurring character Chris Finch on the BBC's The Office. He was the... Um, he was a cocky character that came in and out of the office interacting okay. with David Brent. So that's where I first saw him. And then he's popped up in The Witch. And he's in heaps of things. And I, I've not seen The Lighthouse. But apparently he's got a limited cast. So maybe he's not in that. Yeah, isn't that but just two guys? i pretty sure it's just two guys in that movie. I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. But I've heard there's somebody else. But I won't be not, <laughs> not, I've not seen it. Maybe there's a third actor. Who knows? But this film, though... The Northman, if you're going to rate it out of five, look. I'll be honest. You know, like, and I think you're probably in the same boat here. But like, um, this probably wouldn't have been a movie that we had gravitated towards. Um, I knew nothing about this movie. It was this invitation to check out the screening that that got me there in that seat watching this. Um, it's not my kind of go-to genre of film. You know, swords and sandals um you know big battle type you know gladiator style kind of kind of films however you know like this this director and this has kind of made me want to kind of revisit the witch and say i'm gonna give it another shot and see maybe if i get something more out of it this time because what i've seen in this is like there is this level of artistic integrity that is not just there. For sure, like like I said, there's some fantastic, uh, unique shots way here. Certain scenes are filmed. The um, the scenery, the cinematography in this movie is like, oh, magnificent! Like it is, it it's good stuff. Then you've got this 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 drama, this epic tragedy story, this story about revenge. It's violent. It's brutal. It's you know bloody. Like I found myself sort of engrossed in it. There were moments where it's like, all right, this is dragging a bit. Where's this going? What's sort of happening? Why are we now in a fever dream? You know. But I think by the time you get to the end of it, it all kind of makes sense. And it's like, wow, this this did have kind of layers to it that I think maybe does need revisiting. But again, I'm not rushing out to see it. But I'm happy to give this film surprisingly a four out of five um i'll I'll rate it highly despite the fact i'm not in any rush to again go out and watch it again anytime soon or sort of i mean i think i'll revisit it but in time after after a while i'm in no rush i'm right there with you for all the points that you've just made i agree completely that's where i'm coming from also that saves time <laughs> four out of five four out of five and honestly, <laughs> it, it's not what i thought i would be walking away from this movie with before seeing it because again this isn't my go-to either my wife loves this stuff history vikings and normally when i'm going to the movies she's not too close she'll just watch it when it's available at home this is one that she actually would have liked to have gone to the cinema and watched. And there's still time. It's just been released. But um, yeah, not normally my go-to, but it was an experience. And again, it's what's made me want to go and watch The Lighthouse. Just the, the the quality of filmmaking that we're getting with this director that I want to go back and see the other film that he's done. And you've said you might go back and watch The Witch. I did have a look earlier. It's currently on Prime Video. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Waiting (laughs) for you. But yeah, this it's an experience. Not all movies are. Some films you go, you walk away, and that's it. But this did stay with me. And I'm really glad that I got to see it on the big screen. Well, as always, we like to close out on a little bit of trivia. This film is titled. Northman. I'm sure you noticed that's not the trivia, by the way. There's more. <laughs> You've blown my mind. You have blown <laughs> my mind once again. Which is also the last name of the vampire in which Alexander Skarsgard is known for playing in HBO's <gasps> True Blood. His name is the Eric rolling Question. Northman, right? Is it Eric? Yes. No. Hey, let me do the trivia. <laughs> Sorry. The rolling question is Eric Northman, a 10th century Viking who was turned into a vampire. There you go. From Mm. Eric Northman to The Northman. That's it for our review of Northman. A reminder to check out The Northman in cinemas now and a big thank you to Universal Pictures for the early screening. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as that Film Stew Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we've recently reviewed Morbius and The Bubble. And keep an eye out for our next review, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stew, See you soon. Or is it Nosratu? Sure. I don't even know what's happening here. I think (laughs) hopefully I can salvage it and not even have this uh, be a part of it. Oh, my God. I hope this turns out well in the edit. Anywho, let's just um, (laughs) tag at the end, man. Tag at the end for sure. (laughs) Sidestep all of that.